0: Captivating landscapes, flawless tobaccos, elegant presentation, introducing Pure Origin. At JR Cigar, our innovative team is on a journey for unrivaled flavors and enriching experiences. Along that path, we discovered new, distinctive, and groundbreaking tobaccos from the furthest reaches of the earth and are bringing them right to your home. The intentions are pure, the process is pure, the origin is pure, JR Pure Origin.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 387 of Smoke Night Live. We are live from Dojo Studios as we are every Friday night. We are hanging out in the studio. We have a huge show tonight. I can't wait to get this uh, thing going. It's a special, special episode, and we'll explain that uh, shortly to you guys. But uh, hanging out with Jordan. Jordan, how are you tonight? Oh,
0: just fine. Just doing... And you just,
1: uh, I'm excellent. <laughs> <laughs> we got Scotty over there. Uh, Scotty, how are you, my friend? Oh,
2: doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. It's Friday night. It's not 100 degrees here. You know, I'm not sweating in the studio, so it's awesome.
1: Maddie is in the house. How you doing, Maddie? Doing good. You guys ready to smoke a special cigar tonight? I'm so ready. Oh, you're so ready, yeah. I got... <laughs> I'm this already is, into it. We're th- rolling. This is, this is going to be a special episode. But, guys, check this out. Let me see if I can get this in the shot. Check this shirt out, first of all. See this? shirt dojo. now if you don't know uh that says dojo and this is our new uh extra buttery smooth shirt scotty You this can attest. might
2: be the softest shirt you guys have ever made if this you, thing is yeah. just oh it's Absolutely wonderful. My women in my house have tried to steal my shirts so many times already. I've had to steal it back. We custom broke them in for you guys. Yes. I go out in the backyard, <laughs> I have a rock and I just take the shirts and I go Oh, okay, I they maybe were it's worn. I was like, "Man, you get, you know, to the nice essence of sensei with every shirt."
1: So, here's the deal with this new extra buttery shirt. We will be selling these for the first time um the first chance you can get your hands on them will be Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Uh we will have them at our booth um Super excited about this shirt, not only because of the way it feels, but it's got a cool Dojo logo on the back, and it's got the Dojo on the front. You just look, you just look super cool, Jordan, when it's you're wearing this. So shirt. cool, of
0: That's kind of skater punk rock, you
1: know,
0: Japanese, yes, something like that. It's sick.
1: The other day, I was I was taking the grandkids for a walk, and uh, this guy stopped me, and he was like, "What does that say on your shirt?" And I said, uh, it "Says Dojo." And he was like, "Oh, so you're some sort of karate expert, huh?" And I said, "Dude, have you seen my body? Dude, look." <laughs> <laughs> Look at my body. You can't. You, there's no way you can uh, mistake me for a. Uh, <laughs> but you
0: watch a lot of kung fu, right? <laughs> well, like.
1: That could be. But anyways, I had to explain to him. No, this is uh, something else. But anyways, you can get your hands on these. Plus, not only that, but there's a couple other things I can't tell you that are coming for Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, and uh, they all mm-hmm. they all sort of go together. It's kind of an ensemble. Uh, not all obviously um, apparel, um, but you'll see. As we get closer to Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, uh, that'll be coming up in uh, the next, geez, we're only a few couple weeks, weeks. We're only a few weeks away.
2: It's coming up fast.
1: Yeah. We're um, almost there. And I'm going to also go through in uh, the next couple weeks here uh, the breakdown of Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, the, the events that we're going to be doing, which are plentiful, and the events that we are not going to be doing, which are not plentiful. Uh, so it'll, it'll be a ton of fun. Uh, tonight on the show, first of all, If you're watching the show, Facebook, YouTube, please, right now, let's just all do it together. Just share the show. Click share. Click like. Subscribe to the channel. You know, why say no when it feels so good to say yes? Just share the show. It really does help us. And if you subscribe, that helps as well. If you smash that like button, it also helps. Hit all those buttons. Hit the buttons. Uh, Tonight on the show, guys... uh, I want you guys to throw out some questions on Facebook and YouTube, and um, we'll, we'll try to address as many of those. Hashtag Ask Dojo. Uh, yeah, hashtag Ask Dojo or question, hashtag question. But ask, ask Dojo probably be best. That's so what we usually do. We usually do that. So if you if you want to get involved in tonight's show, uh, please do so. Uh, that'll be a ton of fun. And here we go, folks. It is a very, very special year for Perdomo Cigars. I think uh, some of you probably already know, maybe you saw – some of the coverage from uh, PCA. Uh, we did an Instagram reel on this particular topic, which I thought was especially cool. And uh, a lot of the other media, obviously media outlets have covered this as well. Uh, this is sort of the release, Jordan, that we've been waiting for.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: I think uh, it's it's no shock to any of you guys that participate on dojoverse.com how much uh, we like uh, the Prodomo products. Me personally... If I don't have the uh, Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Edge Connecticut in my humidor That's my jam. There's something wrong and mm. so you, you need to Like I, I have that on uh, it's in my daily rotation it's literally one of my favorite cigars in the entire world but also lately at uh, Jordan I've been killing that uh, 20th anniversary sun grown you on 20th? Something about this 20th anniversary sun grown has just been hitting for me this summer and I just went out and bought a box from Atlantic Cigar the other day Um Oh, man, I I dig that cigar. So let's not waste any further time on the line tonight. We have none other than Nick Perdomo. And Nick, welcome back to Smoke Night Live, my friends.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Eric. Great uh, to see everybody out there. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing good. Uh, Nick, I saw you and Janine bouncing around Europe um, not too long ago. I sort of live vicariously through you. Like me and April sort of like follow you guys because it looked like an amazing trip and i know that like you right at the last minute you had to kind of bounce back to get to pca and stuff but just before we get into talking about this cigar uh talk a little bit about that trip it looked absolutely amazing italy and a couple other places
3: well janine did a great job and uh decided hey we need to go on vacation we haven't done it for a lot of years so uh we had a great time. We started out in Italy, which is really one of my favorite countries, not my favorite country in the world after the United States. And we went through Rome. We got to stay a couple of days. We got to hang out with a good friend of mine who lives just outside of Rome and um, went all through Italy all the way down to Sicily, which is my favorite place probably in the world. I love Sicily. And uh, we went all, all through Italy and we went through Turkey, which was pretty incredible. I was shocked how much I liked Istanbul hmm. and we went to Ephesus and got to see the House of the Virgin Mary and so on. And we had a great time. And what was great about Turkey is you could smoke cigars anywhere. I, I had my cigar, my Perdomo cigar bag, and they would put the the cigar ashtray out there in crystal, not a word said by anybody. So I really enjoyed that and um, went through Greece, went through the Greek Isles and came through Athens and came home. Saw my grandkids and then directly we flew out. I didn't sleep. And by the time I got to bed the first night in Vegas after the party. I was up, I think, probably 46 hours. Oof. So I'm too old to do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I had a great time.
1: Now, Nick, when you travel like that, are you the kind of guy that's like uh, a sightseeing type of guy? Or do you like to sort of like nestle into a, a community and, and, um, and just kind of, you know chill and and get the local vibe or do you you like seeing the the various sites what type of a traveler are you
3: i do a little bit of both i think a lot of the sightseeing comes from janine because she sets all the tours up she's misorganization um miss mr Flow because she <laughs> gets everything she gets everything done so it makes it easy and uh i just i kind of follow and she's, she's got everything picked from the restaurants to the sites and so on. So it, it makes my life quite a bit easier by doing that.
1: I always tell, I always tell April, I'm like, cause she, she you know, she's always like uh, wanting to, get, to do the whole, you know, Europe thing and Italy and all that. And I, 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 I would like to do that a lot because I am half Italian and all that. It seems really cool, but I'm not much of a sightseeing guy. I'm the kind of guy just, I was like, I always tell April, I was like, just find me some sort of little teeny tiny sea town. And, you know, uh, with a cafe and a, and, a, and maybe a little restaurant and I would be fine for like eight straight days. Like that's that would be good for me. I don't I don't need to I don't need to see any. I can look at the sites online. Maybe that makes me a nerd. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, now that looked like a blast uh, living. Like I said, living vicariously from you, Nick, this is it. This is the year. Um, this is the one that we talked about a lot last year uh, because we knew it was coming up. The big 30th anniversary uh, release uh, from Perdomo. Um, Let's jump right into this. Um, Here it goes. Uh, It it was released at PCA. We got a first look at it. I have it in my hot little hands. I I myself, I have the uh, Connecticut version of this. Let me see if I can get that focused in. There it is, the Connecticut version of this. Uh, Jordan, you've got the Sun Grown. And uh, Scotty and Matt are both smoking the Maduro version of this. Um, Nick, let's jump right in. What do you? Uh, how can we start this? Uh, talk about what it took to bring this uh, amazing release to fruition.
3: First of all, since you're smoking a Connecticut, I'm going to join you. Yes, but I do have I do have a sun grown, and I do have a Maduro, and those are the only cigars. I have, and I know the owner of the company, so that tells you <laughs> <laughs> how, how things are. Look, this is a, a very special occasion. I'm very blessed that we've, we've been able to celebrate our 30th anniversary. Never in my life did I think we would be in the industry, you know, when you start to be this long. So um, after the 20th, I, I started working on this project, believe it or not. And what's unique about this cigar is... The fillers, binders, and wrappers, I haven't certified. Look, you guys have been to my factory. You know the amount of that we keep in well-aged tobacco. But all these tobaccos are 15 years old. And I don't know if there's any cigar out there in the industry today that has 15-year-old filler, binder, and wrapper. And one of the most difficult things, Eric, and you, you know it, and Jordan does too after going on a tour, is it's not only about well-aged tobacco, but how are you going to keep that tobacco in pristine conditions where it's going to be chock full of flavor and so on. So you have to have very good oxygen flow. You have to have very good humidity levels and so on. You have to have really good technicians that are looking at this tobacco. So it's not just about having old, well-aged tobacco. It's how vibrant it is, and how you can keep it going. And um, I, I tend to say you guys are gonna absolutely love this. cigar. We're so proud of it. And our taste tasting panel really, really loved it. And um, you guys have met all them. We have over 375 years of smoking experience. I think this is quite possibly the best cigar that Perdomo Cigars has ever made. That's a lot for me to say after 30 years, and it's really actually 31 years. We actually wanted to come out with this cigar last year during our 30th, but our band makers are from Holland, and every time they got COVID, they would close the factory, so um, they were very afraid of COVID. I always found it to be a, a, a flu or a virus, so I wasn't that afraid of it, but they certainly were. And uh, pretty nice. I'm looking at the eyes over here. 106 eyes. That's pretty good. So um, thanks for everybody for for joining us tonight.
1: So Nick, what does the uh, what does 15 year old tobacco bring to the table uh, that makes this such a special cigar? Because you already mentioned the fact that you could theoretically uh, overage a tobacco, and um, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's 25 year old tobacco, and you're going to brag about it, but there's just nothing left of it. There's no flavor left but this is old tobacco but you've uh you know how have you ensured that it's bringing something to the table and what does it bring to the table to make this cigar what it is
3: well that's a great question eric you know the first thing is like i said earlier you have to make sure you take care of that tobacco you guys are bourbon drinkers what's the difference between a great well-aged bourbon versus a non-well-aged bourbon or, or a single malt scotch for for that matter so for us, this is kind of like our Macallan 55, believe it or not. Uh, very well well stocked, very well stored, very well fermented, cured and aged, but also put in pristine conditions. So these tobaccos, like I said earlier, would be really chock full of flavor and, and vibrant with their complexity and aroma and flavor. And you'll be able to taste a lot of notes of cedar because these cigars actually sat when they were made in our cedar line rooms, which we've been in. For over two years. We normally like to age our finished cigars for two years. I'm sorry for six months. These have been aged for two years in our in our vaults, which really it helps the process to be quite honest with you, because these tobaccos were from our bumper 2000 2008 crop. They had a tremendous amount of chroma complexity and flavor. It was a bumper crop. We were going to come out with a grand crew and I decided let's come out with our 30th anniversary. And Arthur Kemper, did a phenomenal job packaging this cigar. I actually didn't see the packaging until dinner at Delmonico's in Las Vegas the night before the show. And my son and Arthur showed us, Janine and I, and uh, we were taken aback at how beautiful the packaging was. And um, the cigar definitely matches with the packaging. We're very proud of it.
1: Yeah, the, the, the cigar is beautiful. In fact, before the show, Jordan, you took some glamour shots. Maybe we could show some of the glamour oh, shots. yeah, I did do that, didn't I? Took some glamour shots of the cigar so you guys could get a feel for what the cigar looks like. Um, it's got a, a, I would say, maybe a little bit more intricate. There's the Maduro version right there with the blue. And and uh, uh, Nick has done a good job of sort of color coordinating these. Mm-hmm. Uh, these um, Very clean. The, you know, the sun-grown versus the Maduro versus the Connecticut over the years. So you kind of have a, a feel already for what, um, you're going to, what you're going to get based on those colors, but they're absolutely gorgeous, um, cigars. Now, one of the things that I thought was interesting about this particular release, Nick is, um, 30 count boxes. Um, that's not, I mean, obviously 30 matches the 30th year that, that makes a ton of sense, but you don't see a 30 count box that often.
3: Yeah, that was to look exactly for every a cigar for every year. And, um, if I can show you, we actually have a humidor version that'll have, actually be doubled by 30 in the 60.
1: Ooh, and we're going PJ. to
3: out, outfit these uh, this humidor in 30 of the best retail stores that, that carry the 30th. So if you look here, it shows the 30th anniversary. This is the top of the box. And what's unique about this is every piece of inlay matches the other piece of inlay and the actual hinge is made of solid walnut wow look at that the box is completely done by hand and if you open it up that's solid walnut in there and then you'll have 60 torpedoes it'll be 20 sun grown 20 connecticut in the middle and then 20 uh maduro so you'll get 60 cigars and um we'll have 30 stores only 30 stores to match the 30 that'll that'll have this um particular humidor chest that's been handmade by our box factory. So uh, we're excited about it. The other thing we have, if I could, is we have the new uh, DuPont.
1: Look uh, at that beautiful thing. Light
3: 3 lighter made with with real black lacquer. We've even had it adjusted where the ping has a a different sound. It's an octave up. We're only going to have 30 of them. It has my signature, and every one will be uh, – marked by one of 30 all the way through. So, um, yeah, we're really proud of this. It's our 30th year. Someone asked me earlier, you know, what my dream was. I thought my dream would be to sell a hundred thousand cigars a year. And um, we've we've done more than that, but uh, thankfully, but, you know, you got to start somewhere. And I think it's a, it's a very big thing for our company and our workforce all around the world in Nicaragua and in the United States to be able to to celebrate our, our third decade, actually our thirty-first year in the industry, but uh we think we're giving a, a tremendous amount of bang for buck and for our consumers.
1: And our what, what what some people might not know, and Jordan, you got to see this uh firsthand when you were at the factory there. Um not only is uh the prodomo factory entirely vertically integrated from literally every aspect from seed smoke, but not just that, they 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 take giant hunks of wood, yeah. and they're at the factory, and they are planing this wood down to make the boxes that you when you buy a when you buy a box of prodomo, the entire box, the cellophane, every single aspect of the cigar is created in the factory, which is really uncommon. Uh, I don't know how many. I mean, I know there's several other vertically integrated. Um, manufacturers out there, but I don't know to to this extent, Nick, the, the, of the vertical integration. Yeah. I mean, you guys go to great lengths to just have everything under your umbrella down there in Nicaragua.
3: Eric, my thing is, is that I really, and I'm sure many manufacturers really care about their consumers and retailers, but I'm extremely picky. My wife will tell you everything I buy, <laughs> and I assume that my consumers are too, so I really want them to have a, a satisfaction and second to none to be quite honest with you and i want our retailers to be totally confident in what we do you've seen our quality you've seen our steps checking every cigar 18 times before it goes in a box a lot of friends of mine or competitors say i'm out of my mind and they mean it they mean it in a nice way but the reason is is i just want people to be satisfied with our product the it takes 10 years to get a customer, it takes 3 seconds to lose one, and I don't want to lose any. I've worked so hard, my family's worked so hard, our workforce all around, you know, the world has worked so hard promoting our brands. And um, we just want satisfaction. And you know, we have a we have a, a mantra and if you look at my emails when I send you stuff, I'm sure you've seen it. I always say that perfection is the gold and excellence is just merely tolerated. We want to have that mindset because if you can keep if you push the gas pedal down all the time, and you have you build a culture with your workforce to produce the very best. There's nobody perfect but God, but to be as perfect and as excellent as you can be, who wins? Our company wins. Our consumers win, and our retailers win, and that's what we're working for today.
1: All right, now Nick, uh, let's get into the details of this cigar. Now, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but other than the Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper on the particular one that I'm smoking and the one that you're smoking, all of this tobacco is uh, Nicaraguan from your farms in Esteli, Condega, Jalapa. Um, the the blend itself, what went into selecting these tobaccos? What separated them out from you know, uh, other releases that you had uh, what makes this tobacco special enough to be in this particular release?
3: That's another great question. What we want to do is we topped our plants a little bit below four feet and we produced 12 sets of leaves in the 2007 2008 crop. We wanted a very vibrant type of tobacco because we wanted tobaccos that we could keep and hold and age because of their textures. So whether it be the secos, the light tobaccos, the visas with their medium or the lighter tobaccos, they had a tremendous amount of grease and oil and resin. And we wanted those tobaccos to break down. And we knew that we slowly broke those downs, we would be able to build that cellar structure and we would be able to be able to produce flavors that were that were beaming with 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 complexity, aroma, and flavor. And we knew they would take longer as we aged these tobaccos for quite a few a number of years 15 years to be exact but we we cured the process the process of curing was we we had an idea what we were going to do with this initially we were going to come out with another estate selection vintage initially we were going to come out with a grand crew and these tobaccos were just so incredible that we thought we would come out and we would be able to celebrate our third decade in the industry so when you smoke these cigars in the connecticut i think what you're going to taste is a lot of almost vanilla bean and you're going to be able to taste the wood and the tobacco and, and what it is, very vibrant, very complex. But if you look at the combustibility of these tobaccos, they're, they're brilliant. And we're just so excited to bring them out. We're not going uh, to have them out till November, Eric, from Jordan, because of the time constraints with the packaging, real rose gold, real yellow gold powder. And Brydag is taken a little bit longer than we wanted to. So we decided we were going to deliver this just before Thanksgiving. Uh the first event that I'll showcase the cigar will be at Two Guys Smoke Shop in New Hampshire at their three stores. We only have 75 stores outside of the some of them have two or three stores that'll actually carry the cigar. And in 48 hours, we actually sold out the production of what we think they're going to need in the future for 2023 going into 2024. And one of one of the things we want is if you're a 30th anniversary appointed merchant, you're going to be able to get the cigars you need, and people, if they can't get them in their towns, will be able to order them directly and have them shipped from the local brick and mortar store that'll have them. So we are it's a cigar, I think people are going to knock people's socks off. On the sun-grown, you're going to taste a lot of spicy flavors, but no different when you drink a, a really old scotch and whiskey. You really taste the nuances of the blenders and what they wanted to make. And this Maduro is really like a deep chocolate bar. Um, It's just got a a wonderful flavor. It's a little bit different than anything we've ever made, to be quite honest with you. It's because these tobaccos we've been holding and how we kept them. And our team does a phenomenal job, and I think they did an incredible job on these cigars.
1: I'm I'm guessing – so here's the thing. Like, you smoke – guys smoke a lot of, um, you know, Connecticut – Wrap cigars, and um, you know, a lot of times with the Connecticut, and I like pretty much any kind of Connecticut. I, I'm not even what I'm about to say almost sounds like I'm cutting it down, I'm not. Uh, but when you smoke a Connecticut, sometimes it's it, it's hayy or gra- a little bit grassy. Um, you don't get that at all with this particular 30th anniversary cigar, it's creamy, it's buttery, there's butterscotch notes. There's a sweetness that maybe that's coming from that Jalapa uh, tobacco. I'm not sure, but it's balanced out. So you're not just getting sort of the, the, sort of the grassy notes, uh, only, uh, that, I guess that's one of the big reasons I'm a fan of the, you know, the Habano, uh, bourbon aged one is I get the same st- sort of stuff. This one is just maybe more luxurious Jordan, if mm. I could say uh, maybe a little bit more of a luxurious flavor, lots of flavor. If you're thinking that this is going to be a, a mild cigar? You're you're wrong. It's definitely full uh, flavor. Um, maybe on the body side, it's uh, medium to to full, but tons of flavor just flowing out of the cigar. But Nick, I love the way you've been able to take a Connecticut and and I mean, you've always you were the one that with champagne you did this way way back in the day that you kind of revolutionized connecticut's as it is, and this is just the most refined version of it. It's absolutely phenomenal.
3: Thank you so much. The thing of the secret is, is is the technicians we have with the proper curing and the proper aging and the proper fermentation. It takes time. I don't want grassy flavors. I don't want acrid flavors. And that happens with any tobacco that's raw. And the reason, Eric, that, that people taste this in Connecticut is because one, it's the most expensive wrapper in the world. And two, because it burns right off the plant. People take it from the curing house and they give it one sweat and they're making cigars with it. And that's the wrong way to do things. So it doesn't matter what tobacco that is. If you do that, you're going to have accurate taste in tobacco. So what we do is we age these tobaccos for multiple years. Just on average, we age these tobaccos about 60 months. Can you imagine this tobacco? If you look at the colors, it's more of a brown butterscotch honey type color instead of that bright yellow oaky or yolky, uh look that you would see in most Connecticut's. It doesn't matter how much the tobacco costs. It matters how much the tobacco tastes and what you bring to the enjoyment of the consumer. And proper aging and and time is what it is. And people will tell me, I've had friends of mine who are competitors saying, you know, you lose 10 to 12 pounds per bulk when you do that. And at 50, 55, $60 a pound, you're losing six to $700 a bale." I said, it doesn't mean anything to me. It makes 26,500 cigars. If you take 26,500 leaves and you divide them by $700, it means nothing. Even if it cost me a dollar a cigar, it meant nothing. How much is customer acquisition? How much is that worth? How much does the quality of your product do? I've been to a lot of podcasts don't have the quality of your show. What's the difference? I mean, you, you. regardless of who you interview, you always do your due diligence, you know about it, you come to our trade shows, you come to our factories, came to our factory with you and your son, you're really a professional, you're into it, and the people know that, and it's the same thing me, I have to be a professional in what I do and what I make, and you want to please your customer, and I want to please my customer, and to lose $1,000 of bail means absolutely nothing at the event of making a customer happy.
1: Now, Nick, we've we've talked in great lengths on this show with you on before about your particular bourbon barrel aging process, and there's some confusion uh, I think with certain guys that maybe haven't heard this yet. So let's go through it real quick. Um, you'll often hear of, of of bourbon barrel aged cigars or uh, rum barrel aged or whatever, and 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 those can be a ton of fun when they're trying to impart some you know bourbon flavor into the cigar. That can that can be fun, but that isn't what you guys do. You're not imparting any of the bourbon uh, barrel or the bourbon flavor into the cigar. You do it for a different reason. You're doing it to you know, to break down the tobacco even further so that when we smoke it, there's nothing harsh about it. It's it's mellow. It's buttery. It's butterscotchy. Um, that was something that's sort of different that, that you guys do than almost anybody. That, I don't think I know of anybody that does it for the same reason that you guys do. Uh, talk about that process a little bit so that folks that maybe haven't heard this before can understand why you guys do that.
3: Well, for some of the people talk about rum barrels and so on. They're varnished. If barrels are varnished, tobacco needs oxygen. Varnish blocks the oxygen from the actual wood to dissipate. Wood is a porous material. The reason we use bourbon barrels are initially they were cased in five years before they were they were plugged and poured. So you would have five years of penetration in that wood which they use american oak or french oak which is very splintery wood so that that embodiment without alcohol would sit in that wood so what happens is when you deposit whether it be fillers binders and wrappers biochemically those tobaccos start working and after fermentation dies the actual alcohol actually gives another fermentation period three things happen the bourbon barrels are charred inside, so that's a filtering agent. We know charcoal cleans. And what it does, it takes a lot of the rough edges off the tobacco. Even though it's fully fermented, tobacco still has rough edges. Second thing is because the bourbon barrels are not varnished, they breathe. So that tobacco is vibrant and breathes. The third thing, because of the alcohol res- residue air, what it does is it imbues the alcohol and the free radicals run almost like in a vortex position because of pressure what it does is it caramelizes tobacco brings all the sugars naturally from the leaf up and beads it up and it gives it a darker beautiful more, more mellow cast of colors and at the end it gives you a better flavor so we've done these with these with our tobaccos you've been to our facility we have 984 barrels and it's very important and you know a lot of us are bourbon drinkers of course i know you guys are and That's what that alcohol out. does. It really impregnates and what it does is it finishes off that tobacco and gives it the, the really what I call the solid tobacco core of flavor that you really want in a phenomenal cigar, regardless of price point. It's very expensive to do, but it's more than worth it. We've been doing it for we're going on our twenty-fifth year of bourbon barrel aging our tobaccos. So and I think it differentiates Perdomo from a lot of our competitors, and I'm proud of that.
1: Now, Nick, a couple of questions on uh, Vitolas. Um, the first one is, um, not one of these uh, 30th anniversary releases, you've got Robusto, you've got essentially a Toro, you've got a Gordo, Churchill, and a Torpedo. Not one of them is a smaller ring gauge than 54. Uh, why is that?
3: Because I couldn't get the flavor that I wanted out of something less look. Any cigar company makes a lot more money with a smaller cigar, a lot more yield per thousand in filler binder and wrapper. That's not what I was looking for. I was looking to give a flavor characteristic that the smoker would really enjoy, and I couldn't do it under 54. Believe me, I'd be a lot more profitable making 38s, 40s, 42s, and 44s. But it's not necessarily about profitability. It's about enjoyment. At my stage of my career, at my age, the only thing I care about that is that you're happy, in the consumer's confidence selling the cigar. And what we had to do with this was really to make a 54 ring gauge at least to be able to produce the flavor characteristics we want. Basically we wanted bone-in ribeyes that were really well done. And to be a bone-in ribeye, you don't want it to be a half an inch. You want it to be like this big. And that's what we did with the cigars. I think we hit it out of the park. Our guys did a great job in Nicaragua, Arthur Kemper a phenomenal job in, in packaging. I'm going to give a lot of credit to my son and our tasting panel in Nicaragua and our sales team all around America. Um, he did a great job pinpointing. Nicholas really actually picked every single retailer. We didn't pick the biggest retailer. We picked the retailers that we thought would be able to hand sell a product and show the love and the passion and pride of what we wanted to do with this particular cigar.
1: Uh, Jordan, you actually before the show had a sort of an interesting observation that I hadn't thought about uh, with Vitola wise with uh, box press.
0: That's, that's funny because somebody was just asking. Uh, they couldn't quite tell from the pics, but uh, they're asking me if they're box pressed, and they are. Uh, but I was, yeah, I was, I was just noticing Nick that like you had the you redid the Maduro and the Sun Grown, and it was in a box press, and then you had the ESV a couple years ago, and that was in a box press, and this is in a box press. It does seem like you're kind of leaning in that direction. Is there anything to
3: that? Well, a little bit. What we did with this one, Jordan, we did a soft box press. and you notice, the Connecticut's actually box press, too. We actually had to yeah. take wax yeah. paper and put it in between all the intervals of all the cigars so we wouldn't bruise the wrapper because it's so delicate. So it was a tremendous amount of work. We actually had to put paper in between every single uh, row of cigars to make sure that we would protect the cigars for we box presses. And I like this soft box press. You know, our... Our, our lips are, are lateral, and it really fits in nice in the mouth. We looked at every single thing we could possibly look at. If you look at the back of the band, Arthur took our logo, and um, you can actually see that you can actually peel the band from the actual logo. And this is real, this is real gold flake. This is, you know, real rose gold that you see on the sun-grown. And our partners at Brideg did a phenomenal job. They said it was the most complex band they ever made. If you look at the coins, I'll show you a box here. These are all the award-winning coins that Cuba had. And my family had a lot to do with it. So this is something that that Arthur wanted to put and make sure that we had these. These were all the prizes that were won in Cuba, back when Cuba really knew how to make great cigars in the 40s and the 50s. and. Uh, we're really proud of that that means something from us and it means something for my family and uh, we're just so proud of this product i'm i'm itching to let it go eric will tell you guys in the audience i i think i gave gave him six cigars or nine cigars it was nothing where normally we'd give 20 or 25 cigars we literally don't have them i mean this is pretty much what i own in a backup and like i said earlier <laughs> I, I, I know the owner of the company, so it's, it's um, look, a lot of our guys in Miami, our sales team, most of them have gotten three or four cigars. I know it sounds ridiculous, but my dad always said, don't smoke your old stash. And what we're doing is we have these all numbered and counted for our consumers all around North America, and that's our priority right now. And our, our, our sales team understands it totally. I think our retailers understand that They're they're itching to, to get the cigars and we're trying to get them out there as quick as we can. And, uh, so our launch date will be the 1st of November. And, um, I think it's going to knock your socks off. All you guys that are listening out here to cigar dojo.
0: Now, also, I think yeah, we, we, we might've covered this before, but some guys in the comments were asking how much they were.
1: I and... was just going to get to that. Okay. I was going to get to that, Jordan. Thank you guys for that, those comments, because here's the thing, guys, this is the part. Well, this is the part you're going to love uh, <laughs> because you would think after all of what Nick just described and all of what we've discussed so far on the show, this would be a $28, maybe a $30 per stick cigar. Nick, these cigars range from 12 to $14. Whew. Like this is a still, a, 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 especially in today's economy, based on the way cigar prices has gone. I remember when Jordan and I got into this, like a, a, a average cigar was like seven dollars or something. Now an average cigar is ten to eleven dollars. This is twelve to fourteen dollars. Uh, how did you keep it at such a low pr- price points?
3: Small margins guarantee you're in business. We followed that since since our inception. Even when we had the S chip tax in two thousand eight, we absorbed it. Um, volume is everything. I want people to enjoy the cigars. A quick nickel is a lot better than a slow dime, in my personal opinion. I think our consumers, our retailers, appreciate. When we kept our prices down. Uh, I've been in business for 31 years. I haven't had 31 price increases like anybody who's been in business for 31 years. During the 90s, I don't know if you guys—you guys are younger than I am—but um, we had four price increases. In the in 95, 96, 97, I was making cigars in the United States in some instances, and I never did that. In 31 years, I've only had 11 price increases, and I think I've been pretty good at that. And what we want to do is we want people to enjoy it. Look, uh, David Garofalo and several other big retailers came up to me during a trade show and said, here's new brands out here we've never even heard of that are charging $15, $18. We know your cigars, you're charging 12 to $14 on a cigar. I want people to enjoy it. You know, when we came out with Lot 23, my dad said, our mantra is that everybody should be able to enjoy a Perdoma cigar regardless of their income. And uh, we've always followed that. And I just think hogs get slaughtered. And I think the consumer's getting smarter and smarter every day. And I think we give them everything we have. And I think they, they've rewarded us. We're not big advertisers and magazines and so on. We're advertisers of our brands and the quality of our brands and our consumers have been able to tell people and so on and so on, kind of like that old shampoo commercial, and that's how we built our business work it's worked good for us. This cigar can easily sell for $25 or $30 but, but why? If you look at that, this chest, that humidor that I showed you earlier, this is completely handmade. This humidor, if you had somebody make it with all these exotic hardwoods, it would be between 800 to a a thousand dollars this whole package of 60 c- cigars is probably going to retail with all the cigars and the humidor for about a thousand dollars you'll never be able to get anything like that we're going to have 30 pieces made and <clears throat> the the lighter is so expensive it's three 000. we're actually going to give them away at different dinners and different events i want people to really enjoy the cigars and be able to buy them time and time again they should treat themselves, but they should be able to afford it. I'm just a big believer in that. I um, There's a lot of great things that are made that can be fairly affordable. You don't have to uh, kill yourself to be able to buy something. And that's been our mantra with the company. And we want to be a phenomenal cigar that's every day for the consumer to have. And um, I think we've hit it out of the park with this cigar and a lot of the other cigars we've made.
1: Now, uh, Jordan, before we go to commercial, let's, let's get an update because look at Scotty. Uh, Scotty's got his uh, Maduro going. Look at this. Uh, you probably, I don't know if you can see, he's a bit far away. Uh, can you zoom in on him at all? Oh, geez. Look at that ash. He's. Hey, how's it going, Scotty? How's that thing treating you?
2: Oh, phenomenal. I mean, there is no better word to describe it. Draw is perfect. Flavors are excellent. I mean, this thing is holding an ash. I'm almost halfway through this cigar. And the ash is still completely solid. This is an amazing Maduro. I mean, this Eric, is excellent. Knocked it out of the park.
3: Eric, I would like to say something on the record. I've never met Scotty, but I absolutely love you, Scotty. <laughs> love you
2: okay.
1: <laughs> Scotty. Uh, Scotty is the owner of Trinity Cigar Lounge. It's the greatest mobile lounge in the world, and I'm not. I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even uh, sugarcoating that. It really is an amazing mobile lounge. Uh Jordan, yes. uh let's talk about your sun grown because we uh, haven't
0: I'm going, I'm going sungrown. Uh it's fantastic. Um it's it's a medium full body, full flavor. Um the thing that stands out the most is I think the texture is very uh very soft, uh velvet-like texture to it. It really coats the whole mouth. Uh it has it has the spice that you would want from a sungrown. Uh, A lot of red pepper, cinnamon, uh, cedar kind of stuff going on. And you feel it in the retrohale a good amount, but it's not – sometimes sun-grown cigars can tend to get, like, that spice but in a dry way. Uh, This is more, like, refreshing, uh, mouth-watering, velvety with those same kind of sun-grown flavors that you like. It's really good.
1: All right, folks, uh, when we come back from commercial, we are going to talk about, with Nick, we're going to talk about five things that everybody does wrong, and so that'll be an interesting, Nick is a very opinionated guy, Jordan, as you know, on the tour, he's a very opinionated guy, so we thought we'd uh, we'd fire him up a little bit with some uh Some things that people do wrong, so we'll do that when we come back from commercial break. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. Enjoy the best prices on your favorite brands, such as Romeo and Julieta, Monte Cristo, Crown Heads, Davidoff, and many more. Make sure to try one of their exclusive lines, such as the Drew Estate Nightshade, or my particular favorite, the limited edition Cigar Dojo 10th Anniversary Champagne by Perdomo. Celebrate over 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. This is episode 387 of Smoke Night Live. We are chatting with Nick Perdomo, having a great time talking about the new 30th anniversary release that will be coming your way. Um November-ish. And so uh you guys will be able to get your hands on it. We're smoking it right now because we're lucky enough to know Nick and um and enjoying it greatly. Jordan, I just want to take I wanna take Jordan back real quick. Uh Jordan, you're on the Perdomo tour and we go to the farm, uh, we go to Finca and Natalie and you go into that, you go into that, it's like a, it's kind of like a valley created by a volcano. And if if you didn't know it was a val- if you didn't know it was a volcano, you might not be able to tell because it's super old, right? So the, right. the ridges are smaller. But when you come across that mountain, Jordan, and you see that fact, and <laughs> you see that farm, describe it's the most, describe that's, the feeling. The
0: most beautiful tobacco farm I've ever seen. It's that's the one. That's like what you see in the photos that you would imagine a tobacco farm to look like, and so often they don't. But this it, this one was really spectacular. Just every plant is perfect. The whole, the like you said, the 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 valley, just like you come over the hill and it's it's all right there, right in front of you, just so photogenic. And also, when you get up close, the tobacco leaves themselves were perfect as well. It was amazing.
1: I think one of the one of the coolest things about that farm, and we've been to so many farms over the years, and we've seen beautiful tobacco uh, in a lot of places. But but Nick, the the uniformity, I guess maybe is a better word, the uniformity of the the tobacco plants that you have in that farm is striking i mean from from the the very first plant to the very last plant in every row the leaves are they, they just they look like they're vibrant and i mean it was an absolutely like almost out of body experience in that <laughs> in that particular in that particular farm man
3: thank you so much it's uh, our genetics With our genetic department and developing the seed strains that we use. They're so perfect. Uh, The grounds that we have, like just to think of Natalie that you went to, you can actually go 250 feet below where the water levels are, and the ground is just as black as the top. It's just vibrant with nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, copper, boron, and zinc, which are really what tobacco needs. And that volcanic matter that's so fertile really makes the tobacco incredible and we show you guys the tobacco at high noon we do that on purpose so you can see how vibrant those tobaccos even they're, they're, they're very stressed under the direct sunlight but most tobaccos look wilted which you've probably seen and if you notice ours they're all upright and everything and that's because of the technicians we have and how we fertilize the tobacco and using all the great fertilization organic matter that we use and makes our tobacco very different and that seed is what's going to produce eventually a phenomenal cigar when the consumer gets it. And, uh, I'm glad you guys got to see it.
1: Oh yeah. And I, I know, I know for a fact, Nick, that the highlight of your year last year was getting to deal with Randy on the tour.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. We liked Randy. Is he here today or now? Uh, he's no. in
1: California. He's in California. He'll be watching. Okay. I guarantee well, he'll give, be watching.
3: We, we, I actually loved Randy, you know, um, he, asked, he actually asked some really great questions. I'm sure you were probably on top of him, you and Jordan. And uh, he, he really did. And I, I love to teach, and I love people that ask questions. And um, I don't know if I'm opinionated. I'm, I'm fair is, is what I am. And I'm just, look, I work for my customer, and that's my job. And my job is to make sure that you enjoy cigars and you enjoy our cigars. Look, you can get any cigar you want. Eric, and you—you you bought a box of Perdoma 20th Anniversary Sungrown for a reason. You work hard for your money, but you know you're going to get enjoyment every single cigar is going to draw, every single cigar is going to burn, and and regardless of the blend or flavor characteristics, you know it's going to be rock solid each and every time. Whether you smoke one from box from the cigar all the way to that particular cigar, it's got 24 cigars. You know that every 24, all those 24 cigars are going to be sublime and they're going to be perfect. And that's what we work hard for. And that's why you, you saw all the steps that we make. It takes 3,054 steps to make our cigars. We're completely vertically integrated. And my thing is to make the consumers happy. And, it's, and the payback is to make, make us happy. And, and the culture of our company is really to satisfy our consumers and our retailers. And I'm, I'm proud of everybody, not only in our Miami office, but our sales team around America and our retailers who support us and, and this Perdomo army that we have all around the world, it's, it's, it's touching to me. i tell you, it makes the, the hair on my arm stand. I say it all the time. But it's really the truth.
1: Well, Nick, I, I got to tell you that, uh, uh, a little peek behind the curtain, uh, Arthur, ha- Arthur had, uh, said, Hey, we really want to get Jordan down on the, on the tour. Cause I had gone the year or I don't know, maybe it was like two years before cause we had the whole COVID thing happening in between. Yep. And, um, I was like oh that'd be great I really want to get Jordan on on your tour because I had such a good time when I went uh the the time before that and and I had told Randy I was like oh you know me and Jordan are going to Perdomo and then there's a couple other ones you, you could come on if you want and Randy was like Eric please if there's any way that you can tell Nick that that I'm actually your son <laughs> if there's any way I can go on this tour and then I I asked you guys I was like is there any way we could squeeze Randy on this tour and you guys were so gracious uh to squeeze Randy on the tour and he absolutely had the time of his life. So thank you guys for, for, uh, for squeezing, uh, Jordan and Randy in oh, on yeah. that. If you ever get a chance, if you guys are listening to this show and if you ever get a chance to do, uh, the Perdomo tour, it is a, it's, it you'll is. You'll never
0: learn more tobacco wise uh, than never, on that tour. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's, I mean, there's, there's fun reasons to go on every, oh, yeah. there's fun reasons to go on every cigar trip. Um, for different reasons. Um, but if you're like a, a, a cigar geek and you really, really want to learn, you know, the process uh, in detail, like sometimes, you know, we would spend, you know, two or three hours on, in the, on the Perdomo trip, maybe talking about seeds and how they're sorted and all that kind of stuff. Whereas maybe on another uh, trip you might spend ten minutes and you kind of move on and then right. and, and that and that and you go drinking or whatever and that's fun too it's a different it's a different setup but if you're really geeked out and you really want to learn tobacco man you gotta somehow get yourself on that perdomo trip because <laughs> it is a life uh, changing experience uh, for you guys all right let's get on to our, our last topic of the night oh oh real quick uh, before I do that I I did have one last question about this particular cigar Nick. Uh, merchandising wise, you guys are experts at merchandising, and you, you go into great uh, lengths to describe how you you merchandise your cigars and uh, you know the appropriate way to display them in a cigar shop and so forth. The thirtieth will this sort of uh, eventually start to take the place of the twelve year age since that's being phased out. How, how do you see this fitting in merchandising wise with the rest of the line?
3: Well, we think we think we'll be able to be we'll be able to be an asset in the twelve year. Also, we're, we're going to have both of them. We're, we, we're hoping to have the, the 12 here the way the cigar is selling right now for another 24 months. I didn't get to show the boxes. Do I have some time to yeah. show oh, yeah. the different yeah. boxes?
1: Yeah, let's take a sure. look at them.
3: So um, this is the sun-grown that you see here. If you look in the back, even the uh, hinges, I don't know if you can see it, but have our, our names engraved in the actual hinges. Nice. So, so when you open up the box – You'll, it's beautiful. you'll notice the holographs and everything with the coins. This will have a, a shelf talker that goes down. It has no information, just shows all the award-winning coins. And uh, this is the particular cigar here, which you will will have more of a, a red band together with yellow powdered gold. This is a Churchill size, which is a seven by 54. And these will be encased in, in, in cabinets or boxes of 30. Um, that's the Connecticut. I'm sorry. And this is the Sun Grown here, which has a, a darker red box compared to this one, which has more of a blondish color if you see the difference. And um, when you when you open this one up, you'll have that deep red oh, yeah. here in the back. And the shelf topper will come down. And these will be the particular cigars that you'll see there with that deep red hue on the sun grown. It's gorgeous. And again in, in 30s. And then finally, we have the black and Arthur ended up working with our printers at Rydag and Holland. This is a very unique blue. It's mixed also with almost like a lavender purple, which is really beautiful. And um, when you open this particular box, let's see the different out. colors and with the blue. And this is just a, just a beautiful, beautiful blue that goes in with the Maduro. And I don't know if it really shows well, but um, it doesn't do it justice. So you see all the filetes all done by hand, every, everything from the boxes. And, you know, this shows the, the 30th anniversary and here on the top, 30th anniversary. And uh, listen, your name is your honor. And when you're being able to be three decades in the business, it's it's something very special. We wanted to make something really special for the consumer where when they this is really a box worthy product like most of our products are of course and this is something you want to you really want to buy a box of and uh we'll we'll have our our, our dealers out pretty soon that, that we pick we'll we'll have on our internet site at perdomascigars.com and uh i think i think the consumers are going to enjoy it it seems like everybody's enjoying it that we've we've shown we haven't we haven't had many, um, you know, the retailers have bought the cigars, a lot of them just bought them. And I said, would you like to try one? You know, it's it gives you a, it's a big honor when people say, you know, I trust you. But we also want them to try it and see the passion that we had to make this cigar and what made it so special. And it is really
1: special. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Guys are wondering how much for just the box.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. The, the box is uh is free
3: with a purchase when you buy a box but
4: uh, but I, I don't i don't I, honestly
3: i don't think there's any cigar in the market that has this age that's certified by our family that you get the bang for your buck for 12 dollars or 14 dollars. this is really a cigar that if people had these types of bags we'd be charging upwards of 30 40 50 you guys know and people in the industry knows it and um we're just proud of it we're proud of what we've been able to do with our price points we're proud of what we've been able to do more importantly with the quality of our products
0: well, I, I was yeah. going to ask on the age um, you said it was two years in, on the cedar shelves right
3: yeah we've actually after the cigars were made they were sat for two years because um we couldn't get the packaging done and we decided we were going to bring it out in 2023 but if you look here We know who rolled the cigar, who the SOAR teams were, the the 18 different specialists who checked the cigars, and the date numbers on on all the cigars. Everyone are done. These are the barcodes for the retailers for the box, and you can actually push on here and see the information on the actual cigars. We wanted to make it as easy as possible for the consumers and the retailers to be able to get as much information on, on the website. We'll be able to. We're gonna bring that the new product on where people are gonna be able to see it. And we're gonna talk a little bit about it on our YouTube channel at Pronomous Cigars. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about it before we release it um, in November. And we just wanna get as much information as possible. We have a lot of consumers all around America that are that are already tagging in trying to get their boxes through their retailers. And so we're we're really proud of that. We wanna thank everybody for for having their trust in, in our family and, and the great workforce that we have all around America and Nicaragua to be able to purchase these cigars.
0: So, uh, sorry uh, to uh, to go on the aging uh, part of it. Is it so? Is it thirteen year bale age plus the two year on the shelf on the cedar shelves, no, or is it fifteen year no, bale age plus the two year?
3: Yeah, the yeah the tobaccos have been bale aged for fifteen years. Then it went in the cedar, and depending gotcha. on the wrappers. Uh, the, 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 the Connecticut wrappers were, were aged for 10 additional months in, in bourbon barrels. The, the, the sun grown wrappers were were aged, were were aged for 12 months, and the, the Maduro wrappers were aged for 14 months so we could caramelize those sugars and get them up. And then after that, we had them in cedar rooms for, Jeez. for over two years. Yeah, so it's, uh, and, and the tobaccos are vibrant because you've seen our installations, everything is just pristine and what we do with between air and all the oxygen together with humidity and temperature control. So we keep these tobaccos so they could be as vibrant as possible and flavorful as possible. So it's no different than drinking a Pappy 23 or a Macallan 55 or an Avalorabunda or any of your great 97 and red caps and so on. These are just bumper years in the seven and a crop was one of the best crops we've, we've really ever had. We're already working on our 40th. I hope to be alive during that time. But uh, we're, we're, we're actually working on that. We have we have a crop year of 2010, 2011. We're going to work on that when we come out with our brand in, in 33 and 34. So, listen, you got to bring it on to the next generation. And guys like Arthur Kemper and, and my son Nicholas and stuff. You know, my job is to be the captain who's – steering a ship in the right way i'm 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 not planning on retiring anytime soon i still love it more than i ever have but i want the direction to be good and i want our people to be better than than i am you know ronald reagan arguably the greatest president ever said that you know his staff was was better than him and what i'm trying to do is teach our people to be better than me i the greatest asset of my company i've said this a million times but it's certainly not me it's it's our workforce and uh we have some incredible people on our team, whether it be our salesmen, or whether it be our in-house facility in Nicaragua or our workforce in, 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 in Nicaragua. I'm sorry, Miami and our workforce in Nicaragua. They've done a great job. Our distribution team around 57 countries to sell our cigars around the world have done an incredible job. And our consumers around the world are seeing the world of Perdomo and the, the Perdomo way and the way we do things. And I think it's extremely important.
1: Yeah, well, you knocked it out of the. You're, you're setting the bar pretty high, Nick. It's gonna be rough to. Uh, it's gonna be rough to outdo yourself each time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I gotta say, this is an absolutely phenomenal cigar. People are gonna freak out when they yes. have it. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I, I'm going to for sure get a box of each because these this is this is right up my alley, Nick. I, I can't tell you how much I love this this cigar. So good. Um, let's get into a little uh, – some fun here. Top five – not the top five mistakes, but mistakes that certain groups of people make. And I have five different groups. And we can sort of open this up to Jordan and Scotty and Matt. Um, if you guys have any comments you Just want to add. In. Chime in. Audience chime in, too. Audience chime in. We'll have some fun at the end of the show here. All right, Nick. Uh, the first one is: What is the number one thing that a new smoker, a new cigar smoker, does wrong?
3: He looks at wrappers, and what he has to do is ask the retailer what the flavor characteristics are. The wrapper produces about ten percent of the flavor. So if you're more, if you're looking more into the creamy side or vanilla bean side or an almond side, Connecticut wrapper is great. If you're looking more for a a cigar that's got more of an earthy a little bit of pepper spicy flavor definitely the uh the sun grown wrapper would be in and the maduro wrapper where most people think it's the strongest which is not it's actually the sweetest so i think it's i think the beginning smoker makes a mistake by looking at wrapper and assuming a cigar is going to taste that way i think he's i think he's got to take some time and maybe go on a YouTube channel and, and take a look at stuff, maybe go to a podcast like a Cigar Dojo and see what the guys are teaching because we're always learning. I'm learning every day of the week too. I think that's one of the big things. And I'd also say the second thing is they improperly cut and light their cigars wrong. And um, they, they really shortchange themselves in the enjoyment of the cigar by not lighting and cutting the cigar correctly. And I think they get shortchanged with the retailer explaining to them about the cigars. Recently, I had a, a consumer buy a box of Perdomo Reserve, Reserve Champagne Super Toro. He was a new smoker, told the retailer he was, it was his first box. And he said the cigars didn't, the, the two cigars that he bought didn't draw out of the box when he first started, he called the company. And I said, well, we actually draw a test every cigar. Every single cigar we make, we draw a test, but it's on in the cigar industry, and you guys have seen it. And I said, did you use a flat cut, a V-cut, or, you know, what did you use? He said, I use no cutter. I said, what do you mean you use no cutter? Either? He said, no, I usually buy drugstore cigars, and they have holes in them. I said, no, a cigar has a cap on top of it. I said, you know, to, to, be, to be quite honest with you, I said, it's not your Oops. fault. You told the retailer it was your first time. And he said, yeah. I said, right. if you would have came to our store, we would have sold you a cutter. We would have sold you a lighter. We would have sold you sold you fuel. To be able to, and David Garofalo in his book David vs. Goliath explains that and the retailer has to do a better job explaining, mm, especially yeah. to a mm-hmm. new cigar smoker, that, and I said certainly not your fault, I said I'm actually going to send you two cigars, he said no you don't have to do that, it was my fault, I said it's not a problem, I, I want to keep you satisfied, I'm going to send you a couple of cigars, but if you get a chance go to our YouTube channel and look at how to properly cut and light a cigar and a lot of guys miss the boat on that and it's really not their fault, the retailer should be teaching that and uh, I think that's probably the, the two or three big problems that I see with the new smoker today.
1: Uh, Jordan, I would say uh, just based on you know doing the dojo for so long and, and watching guys come into the industry, we mm-hmm. have we got a lot of new smokers. One of the one of the big mistakes I see is guys buy uh, too small of a humidor at the yep. beginning. They buy like <laughs> Every a, a, a twenty five tw- count, twenty five count, you know, and you know they they don't think in their mind that I will need more than that. Like, why would I need a humidor? more than 25 but what you what you if once you kind of get start to get into the hobby you realize like that's just not enough like just you start go just ahead go
0: st- four times whatever you assume yeah go like, from four the, times the- <laughs> whatever you assume
1: <laughs> jump right in
0: yeah say, I, nick obviously has some good points there i would say also over puffing a lot of new smokers mm. like are just constantly pop, 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 and then you see them spitting a lot too and i think that's kind of related either overheating the cigar because of that
1: matt what'd you have? Uh, I
4: was gonna say getting branded like you you find one cigar you like and you think oh I can only smoke this brand of cigars mm. there's so many out there you know just right. experience more of the cigars one. try yeah.
1: try a little bit more right. yeah uh, Scotty you got you got one
2: I agree completely with Nick it's something that I actually went through with an event I did yesterday at a country club where I spent most of the time it was just education education on what it is and trying to create that open and welcoming environment as a retailer to the new smoker like how you know to do it how to properly cut a cigar how to properly light a cigar the one that i haven't that i see a lot of especially in the mobile lounge because i get a lot of new smokers doing events and going places is smoking too light of a cigar for their palate some you know even though they're new smokers Everybody thinks you've got to go as light and as mild as you can possibly go. And then they're left wanting. Mm. They're just like, oh, it's so flat. And it's like, well, you know, let me talk to you more. Let me see, you know, more of what your palate is. You know, if you're a, you know, double espresso drinker and, you know, and it's barely got enough punch for you. Well, that uber mild Connecticut isn't gonna serve you. You're gonna need something with more body with more flavor. And that's whole my whole mission. I don't care what you buy. I want you to have the best experience possible. And that's what you got to do as a new, you know, new smoker is get them the right cigar for them. Right.
1: All right, Nick, how about all, this one? All, all, no, go all ahead.
3: four of you guys are right on that, by the way. All those points are, are really uh, it's true. No different than a retailer who never, you know, eighty percent of his of his Square footage is based on cigars, and he, he builds a, a humidor that's 10, 10% of the size. And he builds a, a lounge, 80% of the size. A lounge is definitely important, but people got to be able to buy cigars, and they always run out of rooms. Same thing with that small humidor, but all four of the points are, are spot on.
1: All right, Nick, how about this one? Uh, what is the number one mistake that an experienced cigar smoker often makes?
3: I think he doesn't properly cut light a cigar correctly either. Everybody's in our, yeah, everybody's in a big hurry. Look, why do we smoke cigars? We smoke cigars to relax, to enjoy, to savor. And everybody's out there with this thing. And they're, they're just going nuts. I always ask people, is anybody here a welder? And um, it, it, and the, nobody says, I'm a welder. And I said, every one of you are a welder. You know, when, when you look at a tobacco leaf, it's got a tip and then it's got the leaf. Well, a good cigar roller takes those tips and lines them up in the front of that cigar before he takes that top cutter and cuts it to the exact dimension, or I'm sorry, the length of the cigar. And the reason is because the tips have all the flavor. So what we want to do is when you smoke that cigar, we want to take it till you get to the end where the tails are, where it's against the stock, where it has the least amount of flavor. And won't you be able to taste it? So why would you scorch all that tobacco? Mm. In reality, what you need to do is you need to, if you take this lighter, it's windy out here. I'm on the beach. But if you take this lighter, the blue is not the hottest part. It's above it. So if I look up here, you can see I'm literally about three centimeters above that blue light. We, we light our cigars. We don't scorch them. And I see a lot of people doing this stuff. And what right. they're doing is if you can envision the wrapper to be a, a glass tube, you would be literally scorching all the... The tobacco and building a tremendous amount of carbon buildup and i've noticed that And you guys saw that when you came on the tour i don't care if you've been smoking cigars for two years or 20 years people are in such a hurry to light the cigar toast the foot like i explained turn the cigar around enjoy it and then light it and let the heat from the flame come up and light that particular cigar you know a lighter like this of course is going to be the best thing you do but sometimes you're out in the wind so you need, you, need, you need one of these types of lighters, that, you know, that, that, that have these, these strong flames that can combat the wind. But take your time. If you're going to savor the cigar, enjoy it. Light it the same way you're going to savor. Take your time. It literally takes 15 extra seconds. You'll get a lot more out of your cigar. You'll be able to taste and fulfill the, the flavor enjoyment that the blender. Decided that cigar was going to be, and whether it be a new cigar smoker and more cigar smoker. I see everybody in such a hurry to try to light up the cigar. Take your time and light it correctly, and you'll enjoy it a lot more.
1: Yeah, in fact, Nick, just uh, not uh, maybe a month ago, and I won't say who, but uh, I was watching a, a different cigar uh, media guy, and he had this bi- uh, a, a torch lighter. And he was just holding it, pointing it straight <laughs> into the cigar. No. And I, I did comment. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. I had to comment on Facebook. I was like, "Dude, what are Come you? On. What are you doing to that cigar? You're totally destroying it." Um. All right. Anyways, I got a quick one. Jordan, uh, experienced cigar smokers, they tend to over worry about the humidity levels yep. of their humidor. They they, I think they're just completely obsessed. I think one thing that you find out over time is if if you have your uh, humidor somewhere in between sixty five to sixty eight or somewhere in there sixty four even whatever, don't don't obsess about that. As long as you're in you know a reasonable scale, like they're they're literally like freaking out over like you know one you know relative humidity point. And and they'll be like, oh my god, my, my cigars are going to be ruined. And, you know, like they they go they go crazy about it. We've seen yeah, that I, a lot.
0: I think a lot of times, like even having that, I I almost don't even want the hygrometer in there. Like I'll just I know when it needs it. Like just by smoking the cigars that are in there, you can start to tell when it's getting one way or the other. Like eat, calm down.
1: Yeah, don't <laughs> don't uh, don't ruin your life over it. <laughs> All right, Nick. Let's I pull go. my I I pull
3: yeah. my hygrometer out. I always tell people. The optimum for a a Nicaraguan cigar that's got thick tobaccos is is about 65%. I might go a little bit higher where you guys are in Colorado because of the altitude. But 65 is optimum. Nothing's worse than a wet cigar. When the binder and the wrapper are wet, that cigar is going to peter out and smolder. And it's going to have the flavor that it shouldn't have. So don't be afraid. Everybody wants to make their cigars at 70 and 75%. It's actually too high, to be quite honest with you. Unless you're smoking very thick tobaccos, like a Macanudo, for example, or something like that. There's nothing wrong with that cigar, but very thin type tobaccos that don't have a lot of body and flavor. And if people like that, that's fine. But those tobaccos need higher concentration humidity because the tobacco's like paper, where these tobaccos that we use have a lot of oil and a lot of starches and resins. So you need less humidity, exactly, to be quite honest with you.
1: All right, Nick. Let's go to the next one. Uh, what is the number one thing that you think many cigar manufacturers do wrong?
3: <clears throat> um, <laughs> a lot of different sizes. I think the, the, the retailers have a tremendous amount of brands already. Um, I think that there's core sizes that the consumer really likes. Everybody asks me, "Why don't you make a Lancero?" I made them in 95, 96, and ninety seven. I'd be homeless. If <laughs> I decided to sell lanceros, right? And I think that the problem with lanceros, in my personal opinion, if you like them, that's fine. But you know, if you make a great sauce, my wife's a great cook. She uses salt, pepper. She uses basil. She uses garlic, and she uses a concentration, which whether she makes a small pot or a large pot, depending on how many people she's going to feed. Tobacco needs seco, viso and lieto, which are light tobaccos, medium tobaccos, and more richer tobaccos. And when you use the thirty-eight ring gauge your ligeros, your strong tobaccos, your more powerful tobaccos, sometimes they get screwed and they don't put them in there. And I think it, it affects the flavor of the cigars. So we make a cigar on champagne called Curito. It's a 5 by 38 We actually make it by hand. We actually take a civeta, which is a blade, and we cut them in strips to be able to put them, to make a production of a million cigars, to be able to take tobacco and cut it in strips is a lot of work but you do have to use the salt you have to use the pepper you have to use the garlic you have to use the basil and i think if you don't use the garlic and you only use salt pepper and basil i think you're cheating the consumer so they're trying to make all these sizes and making five and five and a quarter five and five eighths, eights five and three quarters six you know it's just too many sides to cause a lot of confusion and i think what you have to do is you have to use the core brands which are basically robusto toro Churchill torpedo and Gordo today, which are the right size. So I think they make a lot of mistakes and cause a lot of confusion, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think my answer to that, Nick, is similar, um, kind of similar to what you're saying. And we've we have discussed this in great lengths here in dojo Studios about how it's I I I have a hard time with the uh, manufacturers that the 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 lines aren't understandable. Like why. You know, like is is this is the is is there a reason that this cigar is is the next step up from this cigar, or you know where does this cigar fit in the line? I don't understand the line. Um, and and I, I'm obviously like a padrone does a fantastic job of this, right? Like you, they have their thousand series, you know, then they have the sixty four, the twenty six, and then the family reserve. You guys are also really good at this. You know, you got lot twenty three, then you you know you move up to the next level and so on and so forth. You understand the line makes sense. You can you can climb the ladder. Vi- you climb the ladder, you visualize, it. oh, okay, like I really I really, really like the Habano Bourbon at barrel aged. I think now I'm gonna move up to the twelve, you know, the twelve year, that kind of thing. Like it's understandable to me, it makes sense in my mind. It, it sort of annoys me when brands are just sort of like all over the place and I don't exactly know where things fit. Scotty, uh, it looks like you're ready to jump in.
2: Okay, so as a retailer, this is one that I've always struggled with is the packaging of the cigars now this is something that i have to hand it to nick his packaging is on point i mean the size the dimensions everything it's beautiful i love it what i absolutely struggle with is the manufacturers that make a 15 count box and the box is a single row with spacers in between and it's about This big. (laughs) Yeah, right. And, I mean, it's beautiful, you know, if you want to present it in your house, in your own humidor, you know, where people can see it. That's wonderful. As a retailer, I struggle because every square inch of space in my humidor, I need to maximize. I don't want a box taking up two boxes worth of space and it's not even a full box. And then, then want, you
1: sell eight of them and you're left with. a Yeah.
2: And then you're left with a box that looks just empty. barren and it's still got, you know, five cigars left in it. And it's also a box that's taking up so much space that I'm literally struggle with that. It's something it's been a pet peeve
1: of mine since I started. Now, now, Nick, you guys go to great lengths to uh, address this situation.
3: Yeah, he, he's spot on on that because once he sells his eight cigars and there's seven that are that that are still left, he's paying by the square inch in that humidor, and whether it's direct cost or whatever they are, it, it's a cost that he has. It's it's really it really takes up a, a lot of space. We worked together with a lot of marketing companies and merchandise companies, like Google, for example. We looked at the eyesight what people look like and. If you look at our boxes, they're pretty uniform. They're about eight and a quarter inches. And probably tell my competitors they're listening here, it's way too much. But we <laughs> we want to be able to that the retailer makes every bit of money he can on the square inch. And we want what we don't want to do is we don't wanna contaminate the way the product looks so the consumer can buy the product much easier. It's no different than Coca Cola or Louis Vuitton or any of the Fortune 100 companies have really merchandised their products well. Um, We want that every square inch makes money for the retailer and the consumer can enjoy the product and purchase it easily. And we call it contamination of products. So he's spot on on that too. And I think a lot of, it's not about crowding the space, it's about selling the space. So it makes it easier for the retailer and the consumer to do it.
1: All right, which is a great segue into the uh, – there's two is two left, Jordan, and uh, this one we talk about a ton. <laughs> uh, it's a big topic here uh, amongst ourselves. Uh, Nick, what is the number one thing that many cigar retailers do wrong? Well, the first thing is they don't keep in
3: stock position. They complain a lot about the catalog companies. Uh, listen, the, owner of, the original owner of Cigars International, Keith Myers, a friend of mine, and one time I asked him, I said, what's – why do you guys grow so much and He's, is it the discounting he said no it, it has nothing to do with it because the big brands are really not discounted much anyway 10 15 20 percent at max he said it has to do with i have every shape in the line it's merchandised correctly and what happens is is what a consumer wants a box of torpedoes or a box of churchills and the retailer doesn't have it in the old days the retailer would say i'll have it for you in three days Say the guy just grabs his his phone and picks it up and goes to a catalog company and says, do you have Churchill or Torpedo? And they always have it. And he said, the retailers have been my best friends because they don't keep in stock position. Nothing's more bothersome to us than come into to a salesman who comes in on a Wednesday or a Thursday, depending on where he's at and what state he's at, for example, and says, hey, you need to refill here for the weekend. We know the busiest days are Friday and Saturdays. And the retailer says, well, let me wait till Monday. He can't even sell a box of cigars. And that's a big problem. It's in stock position. I think that would be the biggest problem that the retailers have where they they run out of product. They don't have it. And then on the second token, the manufacturer has to make sure that he's being able to be deliverable to the retailer. Look, we ship 99.68% complete. Uh, We have an old saying, nobody should wait in line to give me their money. And uh, our, our big thing is when a consumer wants cigars, we feed them cigars because they need them. And they should have... They should have a good amount of back stock to be able to, to satisfy their customers. It's all about satisfaction when you really think about it. And I think that the retailers make a big problem. And they're so worried about their competitors. What they should worry about is their cigars, are their suits, their stores are pristine, that they're an in stock position. They would be a lot more profitable. They worried about themselves and made sure that they had the cigars that that make the grade in stock at all times.
1: Mick. you said something really interesting when we were, um, uh, down there at your, uh, presentation about merchandising, uh, at your factory. And, you, uh, one of the points you made was, uh, retailers should be more concerned with selling boxes than single cigars. And I thought that was a really interesting line. And it, 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 it I, I had to think about it for a while, but maybe explain what you meant by that.
3: What I meant by that is I wanna make sure that if a, if a consumer wants to buy a box of cigars, the retailer has that box to be able to sell to him. I was in Baltimore, Maryland several years ago and a guy named Todd Heaps, who was a tight end for the Baltimore Ravens came in and wanted to buy two boxes of Champagne Super Gordo, uh, Super Toro rather, and I had them. And there was four cigars left and there was no back stock. And he was so mad and he said, I'm so sick and tired that I can't buy my boxes of cigars that I want. And I said, well, there's the owner right over there. And uh, (laughs) he he jumped all over me. This guy's like 6'4", 270 pounds. And he said, I literally have to go to Lynchburg, Virginia, retailer down there, where I have to buy my boxes. I live in Baltimore, but I can't get them because you never have them. And, And it's not that I didn't have the cigars, it's just he didn't order what he needed. And uh, consumers want to buy boxes of cigars. You know, if you look at the discount they get with a box, sometimes it's better for them to buy a box and buy a handful of cigars. And I think the retailer has to show the savings they could get when they buy a box of cigars. So we have a, we have price points and stickers, and some retailers use them and some don't. But when I want to buy a car, I want to know what the car costs. I don't want to have a car that doesn't have a sticker price on it. Right. And I think the, the boxes should have the, the price of the box. The discount and how much they save on a box, and a lot of great retailers. Again, I bring David Garofalo up. You know, I think the majority of his sales are box sales because it benefits the 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 consumer to buy boxes of cigars versus singles, or even if they mix and match a box. So that's what I meant when I was talking about that in the merchandising uh, module that we did at the factory.
1: All right, we can't leave ourselves out of this, Jordan, Uh, so we will pose this one to Nick as well. This is our last one. Uh, Nick, what is the number one thing that most cigar media gets wrong?
3: Well, a lot of them don't do the due diligence that you guys do, where you guys actually visit the facilities. You guys love cigars. You guys want to know about cigars, and you talk to guys who do it like I do. And um, a lot of times I get some questions, and I just... (laughs) I scratch my head because these guys are just not they want to have a podcast, but it's about teaching and educating the consumers out there that are listening to it. So, look, kudos to you guys and you guys really know about cigars and guys like me who love cigars, and have a passion to do it for, for a living and are totally into it, love to be able to do podcasts like this. I tell you what, I. I turn down a lot more podcasts and I say, I'm going to do them. And the podcasts I do is because the guys do a great job and love cigars and have a passion for them. Like I do. So I think the biggest mistake they do is ask me, when did you start? What's your name? I had a girl one time who was more interested in showing her breast <laughs> than talking about cigars. And um, I was perturbed about them. You know what I, I was perturbed about it. Look, uh, guys like Big Breast and all that other stuff, and that's great, but a lot of guys want to listen and want to hear me and talk about my cigars, and they, they want to hear about cigars because they're cigar lovers. That, those are great. You can look at that stuff all day long, but she was so interested in, in about her looks and about everything, and I, and I was getting very upset about it, and I ended up having to literally take over the interview because guys were asking questions, and she kept saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, but she really didn't know anything. It was about <laughs> having a podcast. And I've had guys in the same token who, you know, wanted to push their brands, push their advertising and not talk about the cigars. And um, that's bothersome in a podcast. You know, we get guys that come to the show like you guys. You guys are professionals. You really want to tell your consumers and, and your audience about what's coming out, what's new, what's, what, what the different cigars are. And there's a lot of guys that want to talk about themselves and the consumers read through that so i think if you're going to do a really proper podcast you have to be pros and you have to be guys like cigar dojo and you have to do it right and look the four guys i'm talking to today there's no doubt they love cigars and to me it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to to talk to you guys because you guys really believe in what you're doing and the consumer sees that and the, the cigar smoker out there really wants to get more information become more educated and stuff and with a cigar like uh, with a show like dojo and cigar dojo rather you you get to see that and the consumer sees through that each and every day it's nice looking at a girl and and what she wants to show in her body and it's it's like nice <laughs> to, to see a guy his advertising and so on but people at the end really want to learn about the passion and what this is this is really all about and uh i think it's important you know
1: all right, Nick, appreciate that uh, very much. We'll, le- we'll leave that uh, topic there. Uh, guys, let's get a final sort of update on our cigars. I'll um, we'll start with Scotty and Matt over there smoking the Maduro 30th anniversary. What are your thoughts? Uh,
4: this cigar is excellent uh, cocoa, coffee, a little brown sugar, ah. great retro, peppery. It's just the burn, the draw, the burn, everything is excellent on this cigar.
1: Scotty, how's your uh, 30th going?
2: Oh, I second it, completely agree. This Maduro is absolutely delicious. I mean, it's full body, full flavors, just tons of it. There's a nice little strength wrap up here as I'm getting down to the last little bit of it. Let's hold them together. Yep, I'm smoking a little faster <laughs> a little than that is. So. But yeah, absolutely wonderful Maduro. This is definitely one, especially at the price point, do not sleep on this cigar. Jordan,
1: how's that sun grown treating you?
0: Smoking good, right down to the nub, baby. Uh, what I like best is that velvety texture, just that um, mouth coating body. Um, it's sort of like, you know, you get like a good, like balanced Belgian beer and you take a sip and it just kind of fills the whole mouth. That's the, that's the kind of smoke texture that this thing's putting out. Uh, now down to the nub, it's picking up in strength a bit. Uh, a little more toasty, um, toasted, like nutmeg kind of uh, quality to it. Still got that red pepper fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm smoking the um, uh, Connecticut with Nick. I don't know if he's done with his yet, but uh, I rarely smoke this far down, Nick, on my cigars. I'm one of the guy. I'm a, I'm a guy that is just a little past third. Usually I, I, I put it down, but uh, this thing's amazing. Butterscotch, creamy, uh, maybe even like a little bit of a half-and-half half sort of of, uh, of a texture to it, which I really like. Uh, I appreciate that this cigar has maybe a little bit more sweetness than some of the other Perdomos that I've had. Um, so there's definitely a sweet note, which I really love with this cigar. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Nick, you, you, you hit it out of the park with this thing, man. Congratulations. This is an absolute home run.
3: Well, thank you, guys. It's it's kind of funny. You know, when I, when I decided to make the Connecticut, it was kind of a lot of the flavor characteristics that you wanted that you, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, and on the Connecticut side and Jordan, you were right on, on the sun grown, what, it, what we wanted to make our tasting panel and, and, and Matt and, and the other gentlemen Scott. are spot on with the Maduro and Scott, I'm sorry, and Scotty rather. And on, on the Maduro where we wanted these, these deep types of flavors, but, you can taste the, the sweetness, you can that's from the tobacco from a lot, but you can taste the wood from the cedar, actually where the cigars were actually sitting at because they've been aged for so long. And if you look at the Connecticut Sun Grown to Maduro, everything you guys said is exactly what we wanted and what we attained to be. So a tribute to the show and to guys who really enjoy cigars. So thank you. I mean, that's uh that brings a lot of joy to my heart to be quite honest with you.
1: Well, good hey and Nick we can't thank you enough for taking time on a Friday night to join us on smoke night live um, it was a great show uh, I can't wait for uh, November to roll around because these will become available to everybody I know Nick I, I, I we, we do uh, cigar projects on a much smaller scale than you but it's it's almost like um, you're you're always so excited when the boxes start showing up on people's doorsteps because you you want to see them get to uh, enjoy it the way you think that they're going to. That's got to be a great expectation for you coming up this fall.
3: Oh yeah, it's um we're 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 excited to say the least and we're so happy with the response of the brand and the excitement and and seeing all the people out there. Uh, I want to really thank you guys for having me out here. It's it's a privilege that I could be on the show tonight. And, and I'd like to thank everybody out there that's, that's listening. I'm looking to all the eyes out there. A lot of people are out there listening. And, and I want to I thank them also for for listening to the show. It's been a lot of fun for for us. And uh, even seeing guys like my friend Terrence Riley out there, who's, who's listening. You know, one of the great things, I'll tell you a story about Terrence. I was at a, a cigar shop in Coral Gables. And, you know, he works for a competitive company. And he bought a box of my cigars. I said, Terrence, you don't have to do that. I can give you all the cigars you want. You know? And uh, it's nice to see, and he's a friend. It's nice to see guys who really respect and, and know how hard we work and, and respect what we do. And and seeing like my team in Miami, a lot of my salesmen and in-house guys in Miami listening in, um, I'm very touched about that. And, and seeing guys taking their Friday night to be able to listen to this old slug, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's um it's it's heartwarming to say the least, and I'm humbled by it. Thank you guys for
1: having me. Absolutely. Matt, what'd you got last? Yeah,
4: I just the the age old question. Like, everyone's wondering, what are you drinking, Nick? It looks so stinking good. <laughs> <laughs> there you
3: go. I'm drinking Apollora Bunda. This is a, a cast strength uh, single malt scotch that I really like. And um, it has sixty-two point nine percent alcohol. So um, I figured Ooh. I'd drink one of these, especially on a Friday night with the wife sitting in front of me looking so good. So, uh, I thought
0: it, it was like a it, whiskey it,
3: sour it, or Yeah, like yeah it, it, it brings my juices up, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty good, you know. Hey, well, uh, uh, listen, Eric will tell you we've been married a long time. We still love our wives like we've loved them from the first day we met them. So it's, it's a good thing, you know.
1: No, absolutely. Nick is uh, Nick is a solid dude. Uh, me and April got to spend some time with him when uh, a couple years ago when we were out in Miami and and we're, and we're
3: sitting in this. We're sitting in the same spot where you, yeah. you, you and the wife were sitting at right here on the
1: balcony over. You here. You brought so. out some good bourbon to drink, and we we hung out there. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, make sure to tell Janine how much uh, we appreciate her and all the work she does. She's the best. She's the best in the industry. She is. I'm telling you, the best in the biz. The best she is. in the biz. She all right, folks. Uh, Wednesday night flavor odyssey returns. We're doing emerging trends in the cocktail world. Jordan, oh yeah. And so we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we did the uh, the new take on an old fashioned, which was absolutely phenomenal. Nick,
0: add saline to every cocktail.
1: Nick, in the it, <laughs> we we found this recipe, which had t- uh, an old fashioned recipe, Nick, that had uh, two variations that are sort of emerging trends. One was. Um, called the rich simple syrup which is a simple syrup that's double the sugar and demerara demerara sugar to water which made it it gave a real richness but the real key nick the real crazy key was adding a little bit of saline um solution to the to the drink that salt just absolutely made that uh cocktail pop it was fantastic i'll i'll send you a text that has that recipe because you got to try it. It was so good. I, I,
3: I, I love it. You know, you know, it's funny. Tobacco has sodium also. And a lot of times you'll taste different tobaccos that we make. And a lot of them have a higher sodium content, which is it found actually in the grounds. Like for example, in the Condega Valley on some of our cigars. And some people tell us that they taste saltiness in the cigar and that's, that's natural. That's one of the properties of tobacco. And, I'm a big old-fashioned fan, so that sounds good. you got to text me that.
1: Yeah, I will, I will shoot you that. It was really good. And then last, uh, yes, or two nights ago, we did the uh, Mezcal Negroni, which I thought was terrible. <laughs> it was. It's, one,
0: uh, it's a pretty good cocktail, but it's not a good pairing for a cigar. Not a,
1: not a great pairing with cigars. I don't know what this coming week's pairing will be, but Robbie or Randy will do a live on Monday to let everybody know so we can prepare. That'll be a ton of fun. A week from tonight on Smoke Night Live, we are going to be doing the Cigar Brand Stock Market. So since PCA just recently uh, concluded uh, this year's big trade show, well, we'll do Cigar Brand Stock Market. We're going to buy, hold, or sell stocks. It's going to be a ton of fun. Coop's going to be on the show. Aaron Loomis will be on the show. Got a couple other guests probably lined up. They're still sort of hem and Han. But we'll have a, a panel of guests, and we'll do some buy, hold, and sell. That'll be uh, a week from tonight. But as far as tonight goes, guys... Get your phones out, dojoverse.com. Check into your favorite Perdomo cigars or whatever you're smoking. Uh, Let us know what you're drinking. Do some hashtag now playing. We like to hear what you're listening to while you're uh, smoking your cigars as well. Because remember, on the dojo, you never smoke smoke alone. We'll see you guys next week.